1: To Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, it's Thursday, it's March 30th, happy opening day, Major League Baseball gets underway today. A couple of games set to get started here momentarily with the Braves and the Nationals and the Giants and the Yankees. For the Diamondbacks, their opening slate gets started much later today. Diamondbacks and Dodgers, Zach Gallen on the mound, Julio Urias. That'll be going tonight at 7-10. Bob Kemp, he is off today. A scheduled appointment, but we have two hours of extra point up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. We'll be popping on out to the KDOS hotline as we'll be joined by AJ Perez, who is from front office sports. We're going to talk about uh, the NFL owners meetings, takeaways, Thursday night football. Also, see if he has any updates here on what happened with uh, Diamond Sports filing for Chapter 11. Therefore, the RSN, the regional sports network with Bally Sports, Bally Sports, Arizona and the Arizona Diamondbacks this season. So we'll see if we can get an update on all of that with A.J. Perez around 10 15 today. Sam Smith from betting pros will stop by at 11 15. We'll go through Major League Baseball win totals divisions NL AL MVP. See if we can find some value on the board for the baseball season as it gets underway today. But let's first set the scene here with today's poll questions and we'll start with the Katie us1060.com poll question involving the Phoenix Suns last night. The Suns getting a 107-100 win over the Timberwolves. So, what impressed you in the Suns' 107-100 win over the Timberwolves here? josh Kogi's relentless effort late in the fourth quarter. Chris Paul's most complete game in two months. Or Kevin Durant impacting spacing despite his poor shooting night. 57% out in front with josh Kogi. 29%. With Chris Paul's most complete game in the last two months and KD impacting the spacing despite his poor shooting at 14% of the vote. We'll dive into this today around 1130 and our Twitter poll question here. At KDOS AM 1060, would you be more inclined to purchase Amazon Prime and watch Thursday night football if NFL games were flexed on Thursdays? We talked a little bit about this uh, in yesterday's show. Roger Goodell really wants, at least reportedly, uh, the ability to flex games to Thursday night. This year is going to be the first year that flexing will take place on Monday night football. In addition to flexing in the Sunday night category, he really wants Thursday night as well. Uh, the owners didn't have enough votes to get that passed, but it looks like it'll be brought back up in May. Right now, though, the masses are out in front. No, with 100% of the vote. This is on Twitter, at AM 1060 Let's get back into the Phoenix Suns here with their 107-100 to win over the Timberwolves last night. It was Kevin Durant's home debut. And maybe, maybe... We tend to forget that he is human. Uh, He was returning after 20 days, 10 games he missed with the sprained left ankle. It was the previous attempt at his home debut when he injured himself in pregame warmups. And it was a a struggle for Kevin Durant from the start at half. KD was just one of eight, which this is how uncharacteristic this performance was. He's only shot 15% or less during the first half 12 times in his 982 career games, according to StatHead. That's remarkable. One of eight for KD last night, and he's only shot 15% or less during the first half, 12 times in his career. He has played 982 career games. That coming to you from StatHead. KD, he finished the game, though, 5 of 18, eight rebounds, 4 assists, 16 points, including two huge threes in the fourth quarter Katie said post game here quote it was hard for me to get sleep today hard for me to stop thinking about the game sometimes you can want it too bad and you can come out there and start rushing being uncharacteristic glad I am back glad I am in the zone of playing again being around the guys being one of the guys again just keep building from here So I I think that we could definitely say uh, it was an uncharacteristic performance for KD. We could definitely say that you could see some of the nerves, the anticipation, the the I, I guess really also knowing how important all of this is like this team without Kevin Durant doesn't look the same. He knows that. We know that. The expectations are high. He wants to come out there and play really well. Obviously, the fans are in a frenzy uh, <laughs> during during the, the pregame buildup and everything and for the game, and, and they want to see him perform really well. So I'm not overly worried about this here. I think the most important thing for KD is he's back there, uh, and then it's just coming down to conditioning for him. You know, with a sprained ankle, he's able to get up shots, but is he really able to get in uh, the conditioning that he needs to run up and down the court. So with some time, he'll get some better conditioning uh, and be back to the KD that we know. But with KD struggling, who was going to step up for the Suns last night? Here's some by the numbers. Devin Booker, he was 8 of 18, 12 of 15 from the foul line, five assists for 29 points. Chris Paul was 7 of 15, six assists and 19 points. Uh, So it it was definitely really good to see that with KD back, despite him not hitting his shots, the spacing on the court... Was so vastly different than what we have seen in the last two weeks of games, ten game, ten games without KD here. Just how vastly different things were, and I think that you could really see the difference in Chris Paul's game as well, uh, just from a production standpoint. You could also see the difference in. Chris Paul and D.A. getting back into the two-man game that they've become accustomed to. So it was good to see D.A. get some easy buckets late in that game as well. And that really all comes from Kevin Durant being out on the court, having to defend him, having to make choices on the defensive end between Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Then you're leaving either a Chris Paul open for a mid-range jumper. You're leaving D.A. open on a roll. It's just amazing how that one player changes everything on the court for the Phoenix Suns Uh, Devin Booker he was asked as well about the spacing post game. here's what he had to say Uh, it is completely different most teams don't have two solid defenders like Minnesota does with Ant he's meaning Anthony Edwards there and McDaniels Jaden McDaniels it frees up Chris a lot it is going to be hard for guys to pick him up 94 feet all the time it relieves pressure for everybody For the Timberwolves last night, Carl Anthony Towns, he got off to a hot start. 20 points at the the half, and then he ended up finishing the game with 25 points. So he cooled off in the second half. Anthony Edwards had 31 points. In some respects, this game was a bit sloppy for both teams, but I guess that's kind of to be expected for the Timberwolves especially just the nature of the scheduling for them. They played Sunday, they played Monday, and they played yesterday. A little bit expected here for the Suns as well, trying to integrate Kevin Durant back in. Uh, Kevin Durant, he was on a minutes restriction as we expected. Torrey Craig was uh, the one that came in in substitution for Kevin Durant last night. And maybe, maybe we're starting to see the rotation tighten up a little bit here. Uh, you had Busy, Bismack Biombo with 19 minutes three blocks, six points. Uh, Aton was in a bit of a foul trouble, so that's probably why we saw some mil- more minutes for Bismock. but I think we're starting to see a trend here. probably a trend until uh, the next time Monty Williams changes it up on me. Uh, but we're starting to see here that Bismack Biombo is getting those minutes. Jock Landell is not. With Aton being back, Bismock is the guy that's coming in in relief. He's been really active around the glass. You know, it's—he's it, a hustle guy for sure. He's not going to be able to stretch the court for you. He's not making those mid-range jumpers like Da is, is capable of doing. But he certainly is able to roll to the hoop. He's certainly hustling there. He had a couple of different buckets there where he was—he was the guy trailing, uh, cleaning up, cleaning it up. And uh, that's what you expect from Bismack Biombo. So he was 19 minutes. Then he had T.J. Warren. He had 11 minutes campaign he had 13 minutes he also had some crucial minutes as well with some key assists and some key shots as well so it, 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 you know campaign has to start getting more consistent as well uh, as we start to tighten this regular season up uh, the regular season ends april 9th the playoffs begin so you want to kind of start to see this all really uh, come together as to what it's going to look like moving forward and then you also had ross with 13 minutes For the Suns last night Uh, as I mentioned though I'm sure Kevin Durant as he's getting a little bit more healthy here he's going to be able to work more he's gonna be able to put in some more hours he's gonna get that conditioning up and I'm not worried at all about uh, Kevin Durant and his performance but the most important thing for the Suns is that they were able to get a win and we'll get into this a little bit later on in the show and how the win last night over the Timberwolves helped impact things in the nba west but for now we'll step aside we'll take a breather here and we'll get ready for aj perez who is coming to us from front office sports as we're set to talk nfl owners meetings his takeaways thursday night football flexing what's going on with the the washington commanders and see if he has an update for us as well in regards to what's happening with television for the arizona diamondbacks Bally Sports Arizona this season and the parent company for Bally Sports Arizona and them filing for bankruptcy. So we'll see how all of that unfolds and we'll dive into that conversation with AJ Perez on the other side of the break. In addition to that, we still have Diamondbacks tickets. April 6th, the D-backs start the season on the road. Dodgers, Padres, then home, Hosting the Dodgers, we'll have tickets to that Thursday, April sixth. Not right now, but that's still to come in today's show. It is the extra point right here on KDUS AM 1060.
0: Listener rewards for you with the KDUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app.
1: Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We head on out to the KDOS hotline as we're joined by AJ Perez from Front Office Sports. We have plenty of NFL topics to get into, plus what's going on with Diamond Sports and the RSNs with Bally Sports and specifically Bally Sports Arizona and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So a lot to cover here, AJ. Thanks so much for the time on the show once again today.
0: Uh, No problem. Thanks for having me.
1: You're very welcome here. Well, let's start with the NFL owners meetings. Those took place this week in Phoenix, and several things came out of it. Let's start with this Thursday night football. Amazon paid $1 billion for the rights to it. In actuality, I think we could probably all agree that there was one good game last year, and that ended up being the very first one that Amazon did. A lot of really bad contests after that. Roderick Dell is pushing pretty hard for the ability to flex Thursday games games it didn't pass the vote but will likely be revisited in may giants owner john mara very adamant how much he dislikes this flexing with the fan in mind so what are you hearing as to what the pros and the cons are for flexing thursday night games
0: yeah the owners i talked to and it be kind of advanced i uh, have one of the owners i talked to before uh this was discussed on tuesday afternoon there were, you know, they see this as totally different from Monday Night Football, which will get the ability, uh, which has the ability. The NFL will flex, uh, the will flex games late in the season, starting uh, in the 2023 20, season coming up, and that's something that uh, that's been done on Sunday Night Football um, since two, 2006, basically since NBC started with that contract. And uh, Goodell kind of, you know, he's been he's been behind this. Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, has been really, you know, behind the scenes and also in front of us, with so the media, kind of pushing up, you know. Talking up and uh, talking up how, you know, the seed—it's the, only been used on average, uh, you know, 1.5 times a year, um, and you know that's what, you, like you mentioned, it was the the Amazon schedule of that first game with the Chargers, uh, Chargers Chiefs. I think it, it was an yes. amazing game, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, and um, it was it, it was great. That was a high water mark, and it, they never met that again. We had off Obviously, they broadcast the one where uh, they they broadcast the one um, with the uh, with the, with the with the concussion scare uh, from Miami, um, that that was that was one of the other that's a low light they had, and uh, so in five it was I think it was six of the five of the last eight or six of the last eight uh, um, uh, teams involved in the final four games, you know had 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 losing records, but it's it's just that it's the owners I talked to, including John Mayer, who was on the record after. Um, I got him one on one. It's just they don't, they, they think it's, you know, it's, it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt the fans. They don't, it's going to inconvenience them because they, under the proposal, there's a 15 day notice of, uh, of, of when your team's going to get, or your game's going to get flexed from Sunday to Thursday night. But fans have already bought their tickets. So if you're a destination city like Las Vegas and probably New York and a couple others, you know, people have already booked their hotel rooms and their flights and those are hard to change. And they just didn't want to rub the fans there wrong way. And, you know, this is, while, while Amazon is a very, you know, it's paying a billion dollars a year. It's also at the detriment of, of, of CBS and Fox, who are going to lose a, a pretty high profile game possibly, and they're paying twice as much as Amazon. So there's a lot of reasons, including the players who have really no say in the process. Uh, the the LPA is also against it.
1: Does the move to potentially flex Thursday night games though suggest fan experience and fan involvement on game day is really starting to become an afterthought to the money that is being derived from rights deals and the commercials. And uh, is it possible that they've entered into this scenario here where they really have to be careful about, you know, how much greed they want to try to go after and really maybe potentially attack the fan.
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's, uh, you know, it's, the TV revenue is such a major part of, of it's the major part and it's the driver of everything in the NFL. And you know, th- so the, on the downside, you know, basically what Roger Ro- I don't know if Roger Gelson this exactly uh, at his press conference, but it's like you know, they a lot of people watch on TV. Um, maybe it was other executives, it was a long meeting. But you know, pe- people watch on TV. You know, they're, they're not. You know, they 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 want to see what's you know the best of the NFL in prime time, and the NFL would love to deliver that. But to do it in a way that um, doesn't inconvenience fans, that does not, um, you know, especially since now they did pass a rule change where you could, where you could appear on Thursday night football twice, and that's that, that that means two short weeks where if you play Sunday, you only have three full days to recover before you're back on the field. again. And NFL is such a brutal and difficult sport, um, you know, health-wise and player safety-wise. They're just they even though the NFL trust out, you know, have tr- the last couple of years they tried out surveys where where, where uh, Thursday night football is, it has similar injury rates for all t- different types of injuries as Sunday and Mondays, uh, Sunday the games in general, and, and also on uh, Monday nights. You know, they, the NFL has been really pushing the narrative where it's not any riskier for the players, it, but it's it, it's kind of beyond that. Uh, some of the owners, um, I get uh, uh, off the record, um, you know, or all, on background, told me it's like they don't really, they don't, <laughs> they, they're not sure about those statistics, so.
1: AJ Perez, Front Office Sports right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. All right, so we have a Washington Commanders team that is supposedly up for sale here. Repo- reports have been thrown out this week that there are now two different ownership groups putting in offers, but your reporting is that it is only Josh Harris's group that is in serious, c- talks about all of this and is a serious contender. So uh, what do we kind of glean from everything that's going on with this Commander Sale? Who is Josh Harris? Who is is Josh Harris's group, and is something going to get done?
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, right now. It's Josh Harris and possibly Jeff Bezos. Until we know, until we know, uh, you know, what's going on with uh, with uh, whether Jeff Bezos is going to bid or not. Josh Harris, right now, is the only one with them. With with you know, he's he, he's bid just under six billion, um, and that bid is has all the, all all the I wouldn't say financing, but all the funding behind it needed to buy it to buy it. He's the only one. The other name was a, was a Canadian. Um, uh, is that uh, I? It doesn't. It, from what I, my sources, say he doesn't. While he, while um, ESPN reported he did bid six as well, um, which is not, you know, which I kind of call that report into question. Along with the money that Harris bid, um, on that was came out on Tuesday morning. Uh, there is, there is, there, there there's issues there, and we don't know about uh, Tillman Fertita It doesn't seem like he's into it. Now could could he, could could, could who owns who owns the Houston Rockets come into it, uh, you know, possibly. But Josh Harris, he, he, he was a finalist for the uh, for the Denver Broncos last year. Got outbid by Rob Walton, um, who ended up buying the team. And then there's uh, when you, you look at that, and then you, you he also owns the Sixers and the Devils, and he's been and he you know he has a, a club in Europe, a soccer club as well. So he's you know he's he, he's you know he he added Magic Johnson to his um, within the last two weeks. Added Magic Johnson to his ownership group. Um, major name, obviously, NFL cares about uh, uh, diversity and ownership, being um, so that's going to be that's to help Josh Harris's uh, chances as well. And he also added another uh, billionaire with ties to the D.C. area, just like Josh Harris, uh, who so um, named Mitchell Rails, who's spent four to five billion dollars on, on uh, developing a a, um, a major art um, uh, museum and exhibit area out here in the D.C. area. Big art patron, um, a lot of money behind him. So about twelve billion dollars is in total net worth of of, of of Harris's group. You count Harris, Matthew Johnson, and and Mitchell Rails. So they have a lot of money behind it, and I think uh, so far it's the only real, true bid as as far as we know as of this as of today. Um, and things could change. You know, there's uh, Dan Snyder wants wanted more, wanted closer to seven billion dollars. I don't think he'll get there, but I think he'll it'll probably end up being above six, which is you know the be the biggest uh, franchise to sell in world history.
1: AJ Perez, front office sports, right here on KDOS AM 1060. In regards to the investigation that is taking place into Snyder and the commander's workplace, where does everything stand there? How close are they to some results? And will those results be made public?
0: Yeah, um, we don't know yet. I did a report a couple of weeks ago detailing what what, what uh, the former head of the SEC with the NFL hired. Her name is Mary Jo White. And she's been going on for, well, there's two parts of the investigation. One was the investigation into a claim made against. Um, uh, Dan Snider, that was, that that claim was from last February, February 2022. So she started her investigation right after that, and then when I when we broke the news about a year ago, actually about a year ago, a uh, year ago today, about the financial irregularities that 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 that, that Congress had uncovered in Congress, like about a week later, and a letter out to the Federal Trade Commission detailing the financial, you know, holding revenue back um, allegations the team denies. But that and there and there's, but she's found many other things beyond what we, what was reported by Congress. I was told, and she's gone deep, and she's doing interviews up until, uh, well into this year. And uh, one person uh, that she hasn't interviewed yet, uh, the Washington Post reported, is Dan Snyder, who's refused. Not shocking, since he really tried to dodge the congressional hearing, and he did successfully. That had, that left Roger Goodell last year as the only one in front of Congress. Uh, so there's a. Uh, so there's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a moving target. We don't know when it's going to be released, but we, from what I've been told, it's, it is, she's found a lot of, a lot of uh, very interesting things and things that have, haven't been reported by me, ESPN, or anybody else.
1: NFL Sunday ticket, it's moving away from DirecTV. We know that for uh, consumers, YouTube TV. But the next question was always going to be about some commercial partners, bars and restaurants. The NFL announced this week that EverPass Media is going to be in charge of all of that. So what exactly does this mean for bars, restaurants, other venues? And also, what does it mean for consumers? Do we know how much NFL Sunday ticket is going to cost this season?
0: Yeah, we put that question up to NFL executives this week. Yeah, they they did not. There has been no price set. Um, it's uh, consensus among uh, those who cover it and uh, people we talk to is of $300, which was around what TV charged for the baseline package, in which they've had which they had from 1994 all the way through uh, when it, you know, that's when it started. '94, I was still in high school. Uh, all the way through uh, when uh, until the contract ended last season. So they haven't set the price yet. It's going to be on YouTube TV exclusively, um, and uh, and they're so we don't know how much they're going to be charging. But they, I, I'm I'm a customer, and I think they're they've been doing some stuff with the with the uh, March Madness kind of split screen stuff. I think they're going to be kind of they, they've been kind of trying it out to see how it's going to work and what you know what new wrinkles they're going to put in there. We also don't know. There's going to be enhancements over what Direct TV had, and the the big thing is you don't have to have a satellite. There was some you know when you had Direct TV the last uh, last several years, if you you know, there there were some people who could be streaming only, but you just had to live, live in an apartment who you, you didn't who or you couldn't sign up for satellite service. You know, so there this was the first time there's issues, many issues the last couple of years over, over the streaming part of Directv Sunday Ticket package. Um, so I think uh, it, for a lot of fans, there are you know the ones who had all the issues last year that I, that, that I reported on um, with with streaming, I'm probably going to be a little relieved that you know even though, even though you have to switch TV, TV packages if you had Directv, you know you have to sign up for YouTube uh cd uh, to get Sunday ticket, I think I think that's going to be um, you know I think that's going to be uh, fans are going to be paying the same and they'll probably get a better product out
1: of it. AJ Perez, front office sports here on KDOS AM ten sixty in the extra point. So competition wise, NFL players now get to wear number zero. Eagles will be allowed to continue the Jalen Hurts push play. Sports books are allowed to operate inside NFL stadiums on game days. What else stood out to you? Rules changes, rules staying the same that came out of this week's meetings.
0: Yeah, there wasn't much done on, on kickoffs. Uh, there was uh, punting. There. there was there was you know there, there was being some changes there that weren't made. Also, there's, there weren't any major changes to replay. The Chargers had been um, had pushed for uh, review of um, uh, roughing the passer. Um, that, that, but that, that that resolution didn't pass. Um, you know, so there is uh, there there's things are going to continue to talk about beyond flexing at the next owners' meeting in May. But the roles look pretty much set for the next season. so there's you know, there's a little tweaks here and there. Um, I think the biggest one, I think the ones that, that probably would you know, trouble the trouble the NFLPA, the NFL Players Association, so the, the union basically uh, is uh, is the fact that two teams have to play on Thursdays now, you know potentially up to two teams of uh, twice per season, which was you know the fan, you know the players aren't the biggest fans of Thursday Night football now we may have two two teams playing multiple times uh, on Thursday night.
1: Uh, in addition to that, NFL owners, they really do like the job that Roger Goodell has done for them. The money is flowing in in more ways than anyone could have ever dreamt here. So where do things stand on him getting another contract to stay as commissioner? And are we uh, getting to a point where his next contract puts him in line for it to be his last contract?
0: It looks like it'll be his last one. So his contract expires a month from now. Um, basically, last uh, I guess last day of this month. It could it, be uh, well last day of the month the next uh, in 2024. That's, so there, there's... You know, while we expected that it would be approved, there's always a little things here and there. The, the total compensation is likely to be around 60 million dollars, uh, maybe a little more. And he's gotten that amount because you know, when he came in there, when he 2006 when he came in to now, you know, the, the TV money has quadrupled. Um, you know, but, and there's obviously they've they've come around. A lot of things have changed. I mean, there were back. At, I was covering uh, back when he took over as commissioner, and how he, there there was an effort. They were very against sports. Um, Sports betting, they were they were basically funded a funded a lot of the lawyers who pushed back against Delaware, who wanted to who wanted to back in 07 and 06, 07, 08 time frame, they, they wanted to add parlay betting, um, and they were totally against that. They spent probably right, tens of maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars on lawyer on, on lawyers to to stop that from happening, going all the way to the um, federal uh, um, the federal appeals court even to you know to, to fight it, and they were successful. Now they're getting over a billion dollars. Uh, up uh, Hundreds of millions of dollars a year from uh, these betting companies with partners, um, and that's good. and that money is expected to grow. You know, even though there's probably be some consolidation among sports betting companies, um, but there's still there. That's the fact that, like you mentioned, they're going to have in allow um, uh, allow betting days now, um, and a lot of these a lot of these um, teams have like even here in D.C. They've already built casinos and uh, bought, uh, built sports books in preparation for it, so they're all set. And it, it just seems strange, and we're going to be going into next year, the, the, next, the next Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas, which I never thought. You know, a lot of us who covered this uh, betting stuff 15, 16 years ago never thought would happen, uh, but the fact that the Supreme Court um, has been five years since they since they cleared the way for states outside of Nevada to offer legalized state-sanctioned sports betting, you know, they've come a long way, and they see opportunities and revenue there, and I also wrote about the next thing that Goodell is going to be focused on is going to be international expansion. We could have multiple teams in europe uh, by the by, by sometime over the next decade
1: so not just one team but like a whole league over in europe is that kind of what your your reporting is
0: yeah it looks like uh, you know one of the one, one of the things that's uh, kind of very very early stages of being discussed is putting four teams maybe two teams uh two teams in the uk two teams in germany um then maybe three three in the uk one in germany but it looks like you know one of the proposals is just having four it's having a 14 European division, and uh, that would be it be I would be unheard of because there's the NFL has been been a long time since the NFL you know it's been they added two teams back in geez, 1995, uh, going back to the uh, the Panthers and Jaguars. That's the last time they had multiple teams expand. They've added they they added the Texans after that, and I yeah, that frame. and yeah, also added the Cuban Browns after they moved. They gave them an expansion team, so. So that that that's it. You're to, I mean, the fact that you know, and with these expansion fees, it's like to be around four billion dollars each. You know, that's going to be uh, that's a pretty massive payday, and that's one way. Especially if the if the NFL owners are worried about the next TV package, which is still we got nine ten years left on the current one, they can opt out a couple years early. You know, if they, if they see the TV landscape change into a way where they may not get as much money the next time around, I think uh, I think expansion is one way to keep league revenues at least uh, among the owners up. You know that's uh, so the money all goes to them. They don't have to share that with the players um, necessarily. So.
1: AJ Perez front office sports right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point before we let you go we have to ask what's going on with diamond sports filing for bankruptcy here they carry several teams across the NBA NHL and MLB landscape but specific year for Bally Sports Arizona and the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, it, it seems as though you know Bally Sports has said that the Diamondbacks deal has been very burdensome for the group and that they likely will be defaulting on the payments here so where exactly Exactly, are the bankruptcy proceedings and what does this mean for the future for fans right here in the area that want to watch Diamondbacks games this season
0: so it looks like uh it looks like uh, for now uh, like uh the, um, the 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 Padres got their payment last night um uh, to, to meet it. I'm not sure about I'm sure even though I'm not sure where the payment is the Diamondbacks is yet it looks like it will totally start the season on valleys um, they, when they filed for bankruptcy a couple of weeks ago, they said it would not impact any of their existing deals. Um, so that's, uh, so that's, that's pretty much where that stands now. So we'll see what happens, but it looks like they're, um, you know, it'll be for the next, at least for the start of the season, it'll, it'll be on valleys now. If They'll have to switch off and go to MLB TV or something else like they've been preparing up for that could happen, but it looks like it's, uh, at least for now, it's, uh, it's going to be a, um, it'll be on, on your local valleys, uh, you know. Sportsnet, and so far, we don't have any indication that uh, any other teams have, uh, at least for Major League Baseball, will have to worry, um, at least for the next couple months. Now Things could change for sure.
1: AJ, greatly appreciate you taking some time, talking all things uh, NFL and here with the Diamondbacks as well. Look forward to doing it again with you soon.
0: Great. Thanks for having me on.
1: You're very welcome. Once again, he is AJ Perez there with Front Office Sports Uh, A lot of things to unpack there about the NFL, and it's funny he mentioned about expansion and the reporting there that he's doing about potentially having four teams overseas. I saw that uh, Mike Florio had joined the Pat McAvee show. I don't know if it was yesterday, but definitely this week, and he was talking about how he realistically could see an expansion opportunity for the NFL to add more teams and to also expand into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. football taking days off on Friday and Saturday what a world that could be if NFL seriously takes over the market like that I remember as a kid I was so sad that there was only Sunday and Monday football and I wanted more football and now as I've gotten older I'm like well maybe we should just keep it to Thursday and Monday and Sunday but from an expansion business opportunities growth monetizing That's the only way to do it, is to keep growing and keep expanding and keep dominating the market, keep dominating the space. Speaking of dominating, Aaron Judge apparently is just picking up where he left off. Hits a home run straight away to center field. Yankees on top of the Giants here. One nothing as it is going into the bottom of the second. As for the Braves, they're up two nothing on the Nationals in the top of the second. Those are the two games that are currently underway in Major League Baseball opening day. Much more of Extra Point is coming up next.
0: I'll turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show, here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com.
1: Thanks to AJ Perez from Front Office Sports for joining us in the last hour. Lots of stuff to unpack there in regards to the business side of the NFL. Some rules changes as well and Diamondbacks looks like you'll be able to watch tonight's game Valley Sports Arizona and that'll at least be how things get started for the season Uh, and speaking of the season it gets started tonight Zach Gallen on the mound Julio Urias going for the Dodgers that's at 7 10 tonight as for the Diamondbacks when they finally come home to get things started for the season the home opener they'll face the Dodgers once again April 6th through 9th during their opening weekend series and it will be a busy weekend with an opening day street festival on thursday april 6th post game fireworks on friday april 7th so kick off the new season secure your tickets at dbacks.com tickets a couple of different ways that you can win tickets download the kdos 1060 app follow along with the instructions to make sure that you're eligible to win these tickets we have two pairs of tickets to give away through the kdos 1060 app we'll also be doing a caller giveaway segment here a little bit later on in today's program I wanted to dive into the world of golf, and I wanted to specifically get into the Masters as well. But first, let's take a look at what's going on. PGA Tour Valero, Texas Open. It's been a a start and a stop kind of day here. There's been a fog delay. They were delayed getting the round started. Players went out and played. Fog continued to roll in. They were pulled off the golf course. It was quite a significant delay of fog. Uh, Now they have resumed play. There was already talks about it being potentially some inclement weather moving in uh, really bad in the afternoon. So you were looking at like the morning PM uh, wave differential as being something to pay attention to. But uh, it looks like they're back out there now and our guy Matt Kuchar, he's one under par through five holes. That's good enough for a tie for second right now. So that's good news. Robbie Shelton, he has yet to tee off. Nikolai Hogard, he has yet to tee off as well. Uh, As same with Siwoo Kim, he has yet to tee off. So right now, We have uh, Matt Kuchar in a tie for second at one under par. And leading the way is Scott Piercy, who's four under par through seven holes. All right, over into the Masters. Before I get into the preview, I first wanted to make mention of this. Currently going on is the Augusta National Women's Amateur. It's taking place now. Rose Zhang was in the lead after day one. She shot six under par. Rose plays for Stanford. She has an incredible list of accomplishments to her name, among them the 2022 NCAA Individual Champion. The players will play at the Champions Retreat for rounds one and two. Then there's a cut and they will get the opportunity Opportunity to play Augusta National for the final round. Uh, To say that I'm jealous is um certainly an understatement because this opportunity to be able to play uh, being a top amateur in the game of golf having the chance to play at Augusta National that would have been a dream come true I'm just really excited though that this opportunity has presented itself now for the last couple of years and uh, certainly some stars have come out of it and have transitioned really well onto the LPGA tour when it comes though to the Masters I thought we could get into a little bit of a preview here because I'm excited for it and i know i'm not the only one that is excited for this and whether or not you're just interested in watching it whether you're interested in some bets whether it's head-to-head matchups outrights uh top finishing positions whether you're interested in playing fantasy golf the masters does a specific little fantasy thing that you can play with your friends It's a, it's a lot of fun there's plenty to get into to try to win a green jacket and watch what's going on april 6th through april 9th When we look at the top of the board right now, there is absolutely no surprise these three names are sitting atop the board. Talking Rory McIlroy plus 700 on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, Scotty Scheffler plus 750, John Rahm plus 850. And a little bit further down the board you have jordan spieth at 17 to 1 and justin thomas 21 to 1. let's take a look at the course here augusta national it's a par 72 five hundred and forty-five yards last year it ranked third hardest out of 50 pga tour courses i'll repeat that again It ranked third hardest out of 50 PGA Tour courses last year. And in 2021, it ranked seventh hardest out of 51 PGA Tour courses. The 7,500 yards that Augusta National plays, that's not actually really true. Uh, And what I mean by that is that you have ways to... um, Shave down fairways. So if you're seeing guys hit, you know, 350-yard drives, 370-yard drives, you know, we can have a conversation about the golf ball if you'd like. But there's also ways you mow them down, the way you cut it, the way you cut the grain, balls just hit and roll. Well, Augusta National doesn't cut the grass that way. So you kind of hit, and you do get some rollout, but not like you can traditionally see on other PGA Tour stops. So this has become a uh really challenging golf course and it has really favored the player who can hit it further that's kind of how things have gone trending wise here in the last couple of years you kind of have to go back to to zach johnson for somebody who laid up on all the par fives and maybe that was more weather indicative as to why he was able to play his game and have that type of success all right, there has been some changes to this Augusta National golf course. Remember in 2022, the 11th hole changed. It lengthened the par 4 to 520 yards. The fairway was recontoured. They widened it by 15 yards as well. They took down some trees on the right-hand side so it looked a little bit different and we were wondering how it was going to play. Well, it still played tough. The 15th hole, it was also lengthened by 20 yards. Fairway recontoured as well. 15th is always a pivotal hole potentially giving you some eagle opportunities or if you hit it in the drink uh, ruin your chances at winning a green jacket more changes are coming to the 2023 contest this year the 13th hole it has a new tee box adding 35 yards plus trees have been removed Uh, 13th is a very risk reward hole And now it's making it an even more risk-reward hole by adding the additional length. It's trying really hard to make this be a decision because it's gotten to this point that if you hit it online, if you don't flare it out to the right on 13 and you hit it online, you have like a 5-iron into this par five so they're really trying to make it now so that you have to hit a good drive and when it comes down to crunch time are you laying it up and depending upon your wedge game or are you hitting an iron in there which is going to be a longer iron in there to try and make some noise and put some pressure around amen corner and uh just you know impact whether or not you're going to win the tournament or someone else is going to win the tournament uh it has never Never been a flat golf course and that's staying the same TV does not do this justice here it is an unreal amount of slope that uh, are on these greens an unreal amount of slope that are on the fairways you never hit a shot that has a flat lie also these greens talk about lightning fast 13 or 14 on the stint meter if the weather permits. They get these things rolling. Uh, You have to take advantage of the par fives and some of the easier par fours. You have to have an excellent ability to scramble around this golf course, an excellent imagination. And you also have to hang on for dear life on the brutal holes. Before we go to break and we continue some more master's conversation on the other side of the break, I do want to make mention of this. There is a really fascinating article on Golf Digest by Joel Beal. If you're interested about the master's role in professional golf, proposed plans for the site at Augusta National 20 years down the road, they're not content with how things currently are. There's a plan potentially in place, the uh, evolution of the chairman and the chairman's role. And how things change when a new chairman gets elected how they interact with the golf world how they interact with the local community and then the huge decision that's upcoming for members who have jumped the live tour this year live players if you have you know if you're a past champion if you are still in the official world golf rankings to be invited by current masters criteria you can play So there will be live golfers in this Augusta field, but they have to decide if that's how they're going to continue with things moving forward. This article by Joel is fantastic. More Extra Point is next.
0: Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS. AM 1060 with me, the Doug Olive Show, 1 to 3 p.m.
1: Masters preview conversation here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today. Bob Kemp off with a scheduled appointment expected to be back tomorrow in the sports zone. But before I get back into the Masters conversation here, uh, looks like Bob Nightingale is reporting that the New York Mets have already been hit with some bad news that Justin Verlander is now going onto the injured list with a shoulder strain. Uh, this Mets team has certainly been decimated with some injuries and some key injuries before the season has even started and this certainly will not help matters as baseball opening day is here and a little update that we have uh Braves Nationals Braves on top 3-1 top of the third inning and the Yankees with Aaron Judge's long bomb still remain on top one nothing over the Giants in that game also in the bottom of the third as we continue the Masters conversation here you know let's just talk a little bit about how hard it is to defend being a masters winner there has only ever been three defending champions that would be nick jack nicholas from 1965 and 1966 nick faldo 1989 and 1990 and tiger woods in 2001 and 2002 so how hard is it to finish in the top 15 in a title defense situation here since 2002 Tiger in 2003 he finished 15th Phil Mickelson in 2005 he finished 10th Tiger in 2006 finished 3rd Adam Scott in 2014 finished 14th Jordan Spieth in 2016 finished 2nd and Hideki Matsuyama in 2022 finished 14th so when we're looking at the top of the board here and thinking Scotty Scheffler here it will be hard to defend your masters title but When you look at his metrics... He's playing better golf now than he was last year. He already successfully defended his title here at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He put up an incredible defense at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He put up an incredible defense last week at the Dell Technologies Match Play event. So he's capable of handling it. His game's in a great place. You also have John Rahm, Rory McIlroy at the top of the board. When you look at this here, I heard this on Tuesday, Rick Good. nine of the last 11 Masters winners have gained at least 1.7 strokes from T to green or better in the three months leading up to the Masters. So you have to be playing well. Only two that did not do this won the Masters. That was Patrick Reed and Hideki Matsuyama. So the only guys that this uh, statistic fits for this season, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and Tony Finau. Plenty more masters things to get into next week as well. Plenty more to dissect. Here's what I've already pre-done: Rom 10 to 1 from January, Scotty 13 to 1 from February, Willie Z 36 to 1 from February, and that's not looking great, right about now. Jordan Spieth 17 to 1 with an odds boost on the FanDuel Sportsbook app to 25 to 1. Plenty of room to figure out more finishing positions head-to-head battles all sorts of fun we have hour number two of extra point coming up on the other side of the break we'll be joined by sam smith talking major league baseball win totals nl al mvp that's happening next here on extra point on kdos am 1060.